0: Hello, everybody, and welcome into the newest episode of the Triple Play Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Street, joined, as always, by my lovely two co-hosts. Guys, won't you introduce yourselves? Josh Strickland. And
1: I am not Josh Strickland. Bradley Gendel.
0: Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. That's a curveball. Uh. Thank you for tuning in, and thanks, guys, for coming back on. How's everybody doing?
2: Well, Wyatt, I want to start this uh, on a serious note. You know, I'm a man of faith, and there's a there's a line drive to left center field by Cassianos, and it's a home run. <laughs> so.
1: Josh, that was fantastic. Just want to start. <laughs> well done, my just friend. Just want to start oh out gosh. with that.
2: Uh, but no, seriously, it's been a great week of baseball. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> The
1: only reason I started out this podcast by saying I'm not Josh Strickland is I feel like after like four weeks, I have to throw in something different just besides my name. So I was like, how can I spice this up a little bit? Let me just say I'm not
0: Josh.
2: <laughs> I, I appreciate the, I, the attempt to spice it up. No, you're welcome. You're welcome.
0: Um... Hey, it's it's a it's a nice baby step. You get you'll get you'll get something better. Yeah, we'll
1: get, I don't want to start using like Yogi quotes or anything like that. So I'll, I'll find my own little my own little spiel. Yeah, it'll come. Um, but yeah, on a real note though, my uh, so I was talking to my brother yesterday, and um, he told me that he actually got through our entire podcast. And he said at the very end, he was like, "I was very very discouraged to hear that uh, your buddy Josh was just hating on the Tampa Bay Rays for like a solid thirty se- Thirty seconds, and I was like, "I don't even remember this." But then he said at the end... We didn't talk about yeah, the race. that's what I'm saying. But he said at the end, we eventually started talking better about them. I'm like, did you listen to the same like podcast as us? <laughs> Is there another
2: one with a guy named Josh on it?
1: <laughs> I mean, common name, but I don't know if it's a common title. I mean, it, it very well could be. You might be being out,
2: outdone, Josh. Perhaps. Mm. I got to pick my stuff up, man. Yeah,
0: yeah you got to step up your game. Oh, man. Oh. Yes, but... Uh... If y'all don't understand the reference Josh had in his intro, we'll get to it in due time. Trust me. But we're going to start off on the West Coast and uh, with the San Diego, or should I say Slam Diego Padres. Uh, And we're going to start with super stud Fernando Tatis Jr., who last week... Uh, all the fun stuff. It never fails, guys. Every week, there's always something within like 24 hours of, of us recording our podcast that happens that we got to wait a full week to talk about. So I'm curious to see what's going to be this week. But last week, it was Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting a grand slam late in the game against the Rangers. And this may not sound like a big deal, but the Rangers made it a big deal because the Padres were up 10-3 to by 7 runs. Tatis had a 3-0 count on him. And... He swung away. Now, he did miss a take sign from the manager, but he got a good pitch to hit. He said, hey, I could send this a few hundred feet, and he did just that, Uh, poured on four more runs, and the next batter, well, that pitch was thrown right at him because the Rangers felt that Tatis broke an unwritten rule by swinging on a 3-0 count when the Padres were already blowing out the Rangers. They were upset by this. And there's been an outpouring of support on social media for Tatis. Uh, he did issue an apology, but it, it's kind of forced because the team kind of made him. But basically this this whole thing that sh- I think shouldn't have been a big deal, but it's been blown way out of proportion into a big deal. So guys, I just want to hear your thoughts on this whole situation because it is a hot mess. Well, um,
2: for, I, I just want to clarify first off. The batter after Tatis was Manny Machado. So they could have been throwing at him for many other reasons. So I just want to throw that one out there. Uh, but it, it it's dumb. Unwritten rules are stupid. I mean, most of them are kind of fine, I suppose. But like, there's a reason they're unwritten, you know? It's because if they put it in the actual rule book, people would find it and be like, well, that's dumb. Like, it, it's such a dumb thing. And really, the only thing that frustrated me about it was the fact that Tatis apologized for it and that his man his own manager said that he was in the wrong like that's that is not one that is not a way you win over a clubhouse by not defending he didn't go and defend his guy that's that's an unwritten rule of managing I suppose I mean you you gotta go defend your guy when he's in especially a young guy when he's under uh fire like that but uh yeah I mean it's mostly just a it's mostly a non-story at this point, especially after the days afterwards. Uh, And, you know, especially the fact that the only people who were angry about it were the Texas Rangers. And I guess the Padres manager as well. So,
1: Uh, yeah. So honestly, why, as you said, like things that are going to happen probably after the show is over that we'll have to wait a week to talk about, I'm fully expecting someone to hit like seven home runs tonight. So we can't talk about it until like a week from
0: now. It's it's (laughs) got to happen. Seven. Wow.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But, but, uh, but, I mean, that's shattering the record. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but seriously, I mean, this was, this was kind of ridiculous. I mean, the fact that I even got a notification about this, I kind of had to look at it twice, like, did that really just actually happen? Are you really mad about that? Um, and the crazy thing was, this is coming off of a week where we talked about the San Francisco Giants blowing, like, five- to six-run leads back-to-back nights. So the fact that it was only a seven-run lead, I mean, already, that's not really that big of a deal. Like, if they're up, like... like the Rangers were like a couple years ago on the Orioles. Okay, I get it. Don't swing at the pitch. But it's a seven-run lead and a team that needs to win the game. And a guy that's hot like this, let him swing. I mean, what was crazy was that exact night, the Nationals and Braves had a very similar game where Dave Martinez um, sounded off on um, basically one one of the Braves guys I think was really upset because Soto was admiring one of his home runs and the uh, manager of the Nationals was like, well, if you don't want him to hit it like that, just don't pitch it there. And I think that's, I mean, right on par with exactly what happened here. I mean, if you don't want the guy to hit it at 3-0, how about you not throw a meatball down the middle or not even get into 3-0 in the be- to begin with? So I thought Trevor Bauer's tweet was was perfect, the way he put it, where he just said the only thing you did wrong was apologize. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, I mean, it's it's a valid point. I, I saw some stat that said, like, Fernando Tatis he swings over, like, 20% of the time on three zero pitches. So, like, you, you got to know in advance, he's probably going to do it regardless of what the score is. But either way, like, if you don't want the guy to hit it like that, first off, don't get that situation. Second off, make a better pitch three zero.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you, Bradley, because that's kind of what I felt like. It's, like, it, it's not that you're mad, okay, like... If you're in that situation, you give up that grand slam on a 3-0 pitch, like, you have every right to be mad, but don't be mad at him for doing his job. Be mad at yourself for finding yourself in this situation and being that bad at your job. That's kind of my my, my look at this. It's like you're already down by a touchdown. You're already in a, a bases-loaded jam. You, uh, and then you throw three straight balls to one of the brightest rising stars in the entire game of baseball. And then on the fourth pitch of the at-bat, you give him a meatball. Like, like I get the sentiment that you're trying to make because it's like it's a respect thing in a sense. And that's kind of what a lot of the unwritten rules are are based around is this like respect of your opponent kind of thing. But at the same time, if you're Tatis and you see a meat pitch coming right down the middle that you can yeet 400 feet, are you supposed to not swing at that? Like that—that's kind of the way I look at it. Like we can't fault him for literally doing his job. And, and I think you put it best, Bradley. And I was actually going to bring this up too. That thirty-to-three game against the Orioles—that was the Rangers piling it on. I a few years back, I—it it, just—it kind of blows my mind. And when you—you you sent us uh, that screenshot of like the notification last Monday morning, um, I—I I, I also had the double take. I was like, what—what what is the big deal here? he he just hit a grand slam why is this relevant
1: yeah and i think it's also funny that like you know, know, I,
0: sorry go go on <laughs> no i was just i was just going to like say like it, it's just it, it's kind of ridiculous that this has become a story because it shouldn't be a story in the first place
1: and I love how the very next couple games, not only to just just to make it worse, they decided to just knock a bunch of grand slams against the Rangers to finish off the series. So already the bleeding began with that first game when Tatis went yarn and it just continued the rest of the series. So, I mean, this is a rule that I think is just stupid. I mean, it's a three count. Yes, it is implied. You probably shouldn't swing. But I think honestly, that's always been more of a hitter's choice. As opposed to a rule universally around baseball where it's like a sign of disrespect. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything, Tatis made a bad idea to swing at it. And honestly, it wasn't a great pitch in the end of it. Like, he swung at it and did a great job hitting it. But honestly, like, the coach even said it himself, he should have taken the pitch, which that's another thing I want to get into is why in the world would the coach not back him up? I mean, yeah, sure, he might have missed the take sign, but I wouldn't say that. I mean, back up your young guy.
0: Yeah, it, at least back, even if you're going to, like, say, like, the only thing he did wrong was he missed the take sign. But if you're going to miss the take sign, at least do that. Right. You know, like you, you say something like that, but this is the, the star of your team, you know, like, yeah, you signed Machado to kind of be that guy, but like, this is your future. All right. Machado, you signed to be kind of your here and right now, but Fernando Tatis is the future is the face of this franchise moving forward. Like in your own manager, isn't going to completely back him up and is going to kind of like throw him under the bus too. That's, that's not good for the morale because now you not only could irk your star, but now you could also irk the entire roster and clubhouse because now they're like, well, if he's not even going to back that guy up, how do I know he's going to back me up?
2: Imagine the morale that the Rangers have now <laughs> after just getting
0: shellacked after oh. their manager complained about it. <laughs> I, I, it's funny, after the Rangers, after this whole debacle, the Rangers went on to lose seven straight games. Oh. Um, so, karma comes at you hard and fast, guys. I, I think that's the point uh, to take from this. But uh, you mentioned it, Bradley, and let's move on to this next piece of uh, topic, because this is also about our San Diego, or again, should we say, Slam Diego Padres, because. Tatis was the first in a string of Grand Slams because over the next few games, they would go on to hit a Grand Slam in four straight games, becoming the first team to ever do so, um, breaking the four, uh, major league record, which was previously three. And then they didn't, they didn't get to five, but the next day after that, they hit another Grand Slam. So they got five in six games total after going four straight. Um, I, it's just To hit one Grand Slam is already an impressive feat in of itself. And then to do it in back-to-back games like that is already impressive. But four straight is just crazy to me, guys. Uh, it
2: is. I mean, four four straight, I mean, one Grand slam's crazy enough. I think it's insane that they get enough people on base to hit four straight in four games. Like... I mean, you get in the base, and they had the bases loaded plenty of other times without hitting a grand slam, too. I mean, they these guys are getting on base, and if you look at the seven game stretch that they had, it's just amazing because they're on a seven game win streak at the moment because they swept the Rangers, they swept the Astros, uh, the the San Diego Padres just uh, they they announced war on the state of Texas for some reason, uh, but I mean, they, it's just a great stretch for them so far.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, too, is the fact that they're getting guys on base. And they even had a a, a bases-loaded situation in that fifth game. So there was a legitimate opportunity they could have gone yard again for a fifth Grand Slam in a row. And what, what was even crazier was during that four, or I guess now five out of six-game stretch, it was all different players hitting Grand Slams. So not only is it a team that's caught fire, but it's different guys in the lineup that are all catching fire. Um, and I think that's just a good sign for a team that's you know young, that's trying to put a lot of pieces together, To be getting guys in and hitting runners in that are on base, I mean, bases on or not, that's that's a sign of a good ball club that's really doing their job day in and day out. So, I think overall, I mean, a tremendous look at the Padres, and yeah, they got a little record to go with it, though.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great point you brought up, Bradley, the fact that it was different guys for each slam which just speaks to their depth and how dangerous that team and that lineup is from top to bottom. You know, it's not like some teams where you can just kind of key in on like two or three guys. And if you can hold them in check, you might be able to win that ball game. This team, it's like, they're pretty deep top to bottom line. Mean, that's a really, really good ball club. So one or two guys might have a bad night, but that might not be enough to keep that lineup down. And in, and in most cases, it's probably not going to be like, you're going to have to really beat that entire team. Um, so yeah, I think what we've seen from this stretch is not only is this team red hot, absolutely on fire, but it's a really good team. They're not just hot. Like this is a team that's hot because they're good and they're a really legitimate threat in um, out there in that NLS division.
2: I mean, they are a legitimate, they are a legitimate threat, but then you look at the Dodgers and holy cow, the Dodgers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's that's the big thing is, you know, yes, they're on a seven-game stretch, but the team above them is playing even better. <laughs> but it does make the question that the club record is 10 for a year for Grand Slams, which was set back in 2001. Can they do it in a 60-game season? I mean they're already halfway there. So it's it's very possible at this point.
0: I mean they got halfway within 1 week. So I mean <laughs> at, the, at the rate we're going, they'll break the record like next week. Hopefully, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be a heck of a way to start off next week's podcast. Oh,
1: no doubt. The the rec- I think so far there's been 22 grand slams this year. The Padres literally
0: have a greater than a quarter of them. <laughs>
2: so out of the other tw- I di- I didn't even think I didn't even think there would be that many overall.
0: No. Yeah. Well you gotta think Oakland's hit a decent amount too.
1: Yeah, that's just the sign of the times, man. Home runs are home runs are key.
0: Set the table and then send it out of the ballpark. Oh, exactly. I'm
2: just amazed I'm just amazed that many people are getting on base because like you know, you hear people talk about how it's it's a it's a two outcome or a three outcome game now with strikeouts, walks, or home run. Uh, it, it just amazes me that three people can get on base that consistently. For you to hit that many grand slams in this day and age.
1: Yeah, and do we know? Do the does the park that they played at? I don't remember exactly where the game were where the games were played during that stretch, but were they hitter friendly ballparks? I think they were
2: all in Texas.
0: Yeah, I think at least the Texas series was was at um Globe Life, and we
1: all know everything's bigger in Texas. So you
0: yeah. had okay, so the Rangers series
2: you had two games in t- at Texas, and then two games in San Diego. Ah, uh,
1: right. Gotcha. Um, so, but I mean, still (laughs) the fact that it's done in different ballparks, let alone, you know, a couple hitter friendly ballparks still is just incredible.
2: Now they play the, they play, they have a four game series against the Rockies coming up. So, you know, at the Rockies.
1: Oh, but but you know full well baseball is going to do what baseball does. The Padres are going to score like three runs in
2: four games. No hitter. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that would that would be the exact like one eighty that would happen too.
2: Yeah, they're going to have like three straight
1: games of no hitters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's like Josh pointed out to me earlier today too. <laughs> uh, we apparently have a triple play jinx because uh, what was it we talked about the Rockies and the um. Marlins are surprise teams, and then they both uh, had some cold stretches and lost their uh, divisional leads. So,
1: so we got the Rockies, Marlins, and then we haven't talked about the Angels yet, but I feel like we need to reverse their curse because they are awful this year.
2: <laughs> they they are not good, and especially with all the mm-hmm. hype that they had coming in because they had Joe Madden and they got they got um, Rendon. Rendon. You have Trout. You still have um, Otani. But, I mean, they just can't get anything together, and I'm not really sure what the deal is over there. Uh, it might be the fact that they have a negative 31 run differential, but oh. I don't know. I mean, the Rangers have worse, but I, I blame the Padres for that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the fact you're also yeah. in L.A. where, you know, we know the Dodgers are home too. So not not only are you that bad, yeah. but across town you're you're – you're
2: opposite of the best team currently in
1: baseball, so it's just bad and then worse.
2: <laughs> By the way, I brought up run di- differential for for a good reason. You guys want to know what the Dodgers' run differential right now is? Plus 71? 79. Oh, I was close. Oh, Holy cow. That's incredible. The next closest is the Yankees. or No, not even the Yankees, the, the Twins with 40. Gee, that's incredible. They are almost double the run differential of every other team in the league, and that is insanity.
1: I mean, they've let Is up that
0: good. I think that's good.
1: It's funny. Cause if you look at the actual, like runs let up, they're clearly the best team in baseball and runs a lot. I think Cleveland's got a little bit less, but, but then you scroll down and a little bit farther and you got the uh, Cardinals who've only played 17 games, at
0: 59. So
1: technically not in the least, but you take each game wise, it's definitely up, uh, definitely down there.
0: But let's move on now. The first half of this, we've been talking about the Padres. Let's Move on to the second half. we got a a little bit of a Cincinnati Reds kick to end this, and uh, that is not because I'm a Reds fan, I promise you. Um, No, this is actually a bad thing about the Reds. Yeah, this is not a homework thing at all, (laughs) Wyatt. We're we're, we're starting really uh, negative news, actually. Uh, One of the Reds' broadcasters, Tom Brenneman, uh, was pulled off of the air uh, last week during a game, uh, the second leg of a doubleheader, actually, against the Kansas City Royals. Um, after he used a homophobic slur during the broadcast, uh, the hot mic caught him as they were coming back from commercial, I believe it was. Um, and, uh, we're not going to repeat it obviously, but yeah, he, it caught him. It was on air and, uh, he faced the consequences. He was pulled off air during the game and, um, he actually came back on later in the broadcast. And this is the kind of just the strangest thing, uh, about this is he was giving his apology, which was kind of loose and forced in and of itself anyway. But during said apology, uh, Nick Castellanos hit a home run, and he stopped, called the home run, and then continued the apology, which was just strange. Um, So before we get into that aspect of it, guys, let's, let's talk about the actual issue itself and and tom Brennan using the slur and having to be pulled off air which obviously is just a terrible circumstance and should not have happened
1: why can we get your take first since you're a Reds fan? i'm actually like really curious but
0: yeah no like i i fire him honestly like he's been suspended but like this is something you can't do because it and it's and that's the thing is it's the hot mic caught him right So, like, clearly this was something that he was saying not as a broadcaster, not as, like, a, you know, trying to make, like, some kind of joke or whatever. This was Tom Brenneman as Tom Brenneman just saying something and then not realizing the mic caught him because he he thought it was before the broadcast cut back in. And that's when you go into, like, his apology and he's like, oh, this isn't who I am. Well, that clearly doesn't check out because you were saying this when you were not trying to present yourself as your best, you were just presenting yourself as who you are, you know? And that to me, like he's been suspended for indefinitely, which basically just means like, we're not firing him yet. We're just going to reassess the situation and just kind of see where we go from here. But I think this ultimately should lead to a firing. And I've always felt like he was a decent commentator, but as a commentator, like how good you are, that doesn't matter in this situation. What matters is, is what's happened here. And you, I think you just, as a, as Fox Sports Ohio and as the Cincinnati Reds, you, you need to distance yourself. And he's already, like, been suspended indefinitely from the baseball broadcast. Fox has pulled him from football booths as well, so he won't be doing any of the NFL games he normally would this season. Um, I mean, this is just inexcusable. You can't do this. You can't say this. And it's not like it was a something taken out of context either. Obviously, again, we're not going to say it. If you really want to know and you don't know, y'all can just look it up online. I'm sure you can find it. Um, but it, it it's – it's not like a taken out of context thing. And I'm not even quite sure where it even came from either, but he said it in, you have to face the consequences for your actions.
2: First rule of broadcasting is that the mic is always hot. And uh, he, I I guess he just forgot about that. I mean, as you said, I mean, it kind of shows you what his real feelings are because you're not, you don't think you're on camera. You don't think, you're in private because people say different things when they're in private than when they are out in public and talking to people. Um, so, I mean, that's him showing his real self. I mean, it's, it's a very unfortunate situation, of course. And I mean, I obviously, I don't want people to lose their jobs, but like it's literally his job to not do stuff like this. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to lose his reds position. He's suspended right now. Right. Right. Uh, Fox already pulled yeah. him from NFL, so I mean he he he's getting the brunt of it. Like this is something you cannot do as a professional, and he's been doing this for a long time. Apparently, his dad used to be a baseball broadcaster as well, so I mean it's, it's kind of a family thing. And the fact that he did yeah, this is very unprofessional of him. Now, I will say the home run call in the middle of the of the uh, apology, very professional of him. Good, good good work keeping up the professional baseball broadcaster yeah. <laughs> up uh poor timing on his part and really that's Cassiano's fault in my opinion <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that was kind of a walk-off for him in a way because he got the home run and then he literally walked off the set so I know it wasn't the end of the game but kind of worked out very perfectly Now uh, you know I know if this was if this was Tiger Vision he'd be welcome back with open arms for the l- end of your episode I mean, we've gone down. <laughs> I, maybe not but just go with me here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, not to get like too political into it. I know we're we're just coming off of a, a week of not only him being um, suspended, the Hornets announcer actually got suspended because of a, a, a mistake on a tweet that happened to get sent out when he misspelled the word Nuggets in a not very nice way. Um, and then you also had the uh, Montrezl Harrell incident with the the Clippers and uh, Mavs, where you know he was caught on camera mouthing off some words to Luka Doncic and. We all know what he what he said, but, you know, he was kind of just apologized and we moved on. So, honestly, I don't think Brenneman should get, um, you know, let go from the industry. I, I, I still think he'll definitely get a job somewhere else. You know, we, we've seen this time and time again with guys like Colin Cowherd before that uh, happen to just say something, whether it's taken out of context or just blatantly not supposed to be said. They usually get a second, uh, second chance. So, I do – I am hopeful for the guy. You know, from things that I've read, it sounds like – he really does, you know, have a great heart and is a man of faith. I know he mentioned that on the on the air, but um, I don't think cancel culture needs to eliminate this guy completely from everything. But you know, I do think you obviously have to own up to your consequences, and hopefully, he'll be given a, a way to redeem himself. But yeah, like you said, the, the the mic is always hot, and you just cannot make a make a mistake like that. I know he, he's just been doing it for a while, so I guess maybe he just had gotten kind of too used to it, and kinda of just assume that thing we're gonna things we're gonna be okay, but again, it's the things that you get caught for that you least expect that you just have to own
0: up to. Yeah, and I think the the big issue I've seen people take with the apology, and it makes sense, I, I kind of agree when it's pointed out to me too, is that he he doesn't first apologise, you know, to the LGBT community. He like says he brings up the networks and everything and then ends, which kinda of like also maybe shows his priorities too in a way. Um it's it's just it was it was just a strange circumstance all the way around. The home run in the middle of it was just really odd. Yeah, a professional act from him though to just kind of get that in there and then move on. Um, it, it was just it's one of the weirdest calls too you'll ever see for a home run just because of the context and everything. Um, but yeah, so certainly a very uh, strange and um, just uh, not great situation. That's a nice way of putting it. Um, but uh, yeah, a very very weird situation indeed. Um, and we will have to see whether the indefinite suspension just remains a suspension or if this does turn into something more. Um, but at the very least, that is deserved, I would say.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it is too bad in the end. I mean, you you do feel for the guy coming from a family of of an announcing um you know history before. I know Marty had been there for like what thirty years. Why you could probably you could probably back us up with that stat, but. <sighs>
0: Very long time, and I know he retired last year, and that was a big—that was a really big deal. Yeah, so, I mean, clearly he knows better, and um, it, it is
1: unfortunate, you know, with football on the horizon, just, I mean, again, just poor timing, he's going to be suspended for those games as well, so, um, you know, thankfully this, I know with the, the Hornets announcer being, you know, a Charlotte guy, this guy, the guy that got suspended was actually like a rookie, he had just been hired this past year as the head announcer, so, talk about some poor timing, I mean, that alone right there, will not a good way to kick off your career. Um, but you know it is too bad, and we hope the best for the guy that he'll, he'll learn from this and move on. That's that's always the an accurate way I feel like to judge a guy's character is not only you know how do you own up to your mistakes, but how do you recover from them and move on. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, and I feel like you know if, if he shows legitimate remorse and shows efforts to really try to uh, learn and better himself from this mistake, then um you know definitely a second chance could be deserved somewhere else um for sure, but. We will just have to wait and see how that plays out. But let's let's move on. Well, now actually, Wyatt, before we this.
2: move on, I just want to bring up oh, yeah, something. There's something I saw on Twitter or on Reddit or something like that, like a little bit after uh, this happened. Uh, I forgot what team it was, but like it was a couple of announcers. It was like a couple of years ago, and like there, it was in between innings, and there, like Metallica was playing, and like one of the one of the dudes on a hype mic was just like, "Man, I love this epic song." <laughs> <laughs> he said that on a hot mic, and then he had to apologize for it. And any later, and I, I, it cracked me up. Oh, sometimes hot mics are not bad. I remember seeing something with like Al Michaels
1: on Sunday Night Football. I held sometimes, not sometimes, pretty much all the time. We'll eat during commercials, an obscene amount of food. I remember <laughs> they had Chris Collinsworth on a uh, Pardon My Take episode, and they were like, "Man, Al Michaels can put away some food during a commercial break," and he had like Dude, a I really, bet. you what. That's probably the only time he gets to eat. Oh, exactly. He's got Sunday That's night true. games. That's a terrible time slot, but yeah, I mean, he, he had like a mouthful of food and then he tried to, tried to talk and was we just spitting everywhere. So C- Collinsworth had to back him up and he's like, a dude needs to know when and where is a good time to be chowing down on a corn dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I feel that though, because a couple of summers ago, I, my internship back home in Florence with the, the summer the collegiate summer team there, the Florence Red Wolves. shout out to the Red Wolves. Um, I was the PA announcer that se- that summer and uh, there was one inning where I, I took a bite of a hot dog and then like the inning started up right before I was ready and I was still chewing my hot dog. So I kind of like had to force down like that half bite of hot dog and like talk with like half of my mouthful full to announce the next batter. <laughs> it oh was – so I, I completely understand.
1: Why? I really want to hear you say Red Wolves with a mouthful of food. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Next week, buddy, I got oh, you. Right,
1: perfect. Make, make that <laughs> start
0: our title. The, <laughs> start oh, that man. next week.
2: That's oh, your yeah. introduction Let's, for next. Go. I want you to do the whole podcast introduction with your mouth full.
0: That sounds like a terrible idea for everyone. Yeah, it, the, I don't think anybody wants to hear is that. Is
1: audacity like advanced enough where we can like create like normal sounding words even with a muffled sound bit?
0: <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yes, no, to move on now. Uh, and we're going to – this is a little bit of a callback as well to a couple weeks ago with the Joe Kelly incident. Um, that same game, actually, that this Tom Brenneman uh, incident occurred, uh, Trevor Bauer was on the hill, and he wasn't wearing the cleats he initially wanted to wear because pregame he announced he want, um he had these special cleats made. They had the um – I'm sure you've all seen it, the meme of Joe Kelly making the pouty face at the Astros – um he had that painted on one side of a cleat and on the other uh it was the words free joe kelly great cleats um he wanted to wear those and major league baseball told him they warned him that if he wore those cleats he was subject to removal from the game and quote unprecedented fines which amazing but he he didn't wear the cleats um and just went out and threw a one-hit, seven-inning uh, seven complete game, Jim. Uh, and then after the final out, opened up his jersey to reveal his send-it shirt uh, since he was in Kansas City. So Trevor Bauer still found a way uh, to show some amazing, epic energy out there and steal the spotlight. But the Free Joe Kelly cleats, this is just – like, I love the cleats, and I just don't understand – the issue with them like major league baseball really just coming down hard on him here guys what are your thoughts
2: um okay so (laughs) i I think it's dumb the whole situation is stupid i mean the cleats are funny um i do i think mlb has some kind of rule about what kind of cleats you can actually wear like or no they they lifted that they used to have a rule where you have to wear like your team's colored cleats or something like that i i know they lifted that because they wanted players to like be more voice their opinions more and stuff like that. Uh I I mean MLB's reaction to this is a little too harsh. I understand their reaction because like I mean if I were them, I'd be pretty pissed too. <laughs> but uh overall the reaction's stupid, especially when it's it's related to the Houston Astros and how none of those players got fined, none of those players got suspended and stuff like that. So it just kind of it just kind of shows you kind of the hypocrisy or of how things are run at the MLB right now. So, I mean, it's just Trevor Bauer being Trevor Bauer. So it's all in good fun, but like MLB hated it.
1: Yeah. To sum it up, Trevor Bauer does not care (laughs) about (laughs) anything. (laughs) I mean,
2: the man has single-handedly become
1: my favorite player this entire season. Um, and yeah, on the on the topic of the MLB cleat rule, I believe after doing a little bit of research, it looked like because I think Trevor Bauer did like a little bit on it, where he basically said Major League Baseball said that you're not allowed to wear anything derogative or political, which is like the two very you know clear things of just things you shouldn't shouldn't have on a pair of cleats. But that's, that was basically what they what they came to decide on after they allowed you know a little bit more loose rules in regards to what you could and could not wear. So. Uh, He didn't do either of those. And I get it. Like, it's kind of a weird situation. You're kind of poking fun at the MLB for it. But at the same time, you know, I don't see how it falls into either of those categories. So this was really, again, Rob Manfred not letting the kids have fun and not creating what could have been a hilarious, hilarious display on the pitching mound. (laughs) So I think it was even funnier that he had the the tweet to Carlos Correa later on where he's like, what size do you want? I can definitely send you a pair. I mean, Bauer has become a (laughs) a complete stud of a person. (laughs)
0: and And, and and that's just who trevor bauer is too like
2: yeah that's that's who he is and my big issue with it is just like just let him wear it like he already posted it on twitter because he probably knew they probably weren't going to let him wear it like he already posted it on twitter like his statement was already made before you even make the decision on whether or not he can wear them or not like just let him wear it because i'm pretty sure if you let him wear it all of it just goes away like that day
0: but instead it just kind of
2: got prolonged because of that
0: and that's that's my exact thing with it, Josh. Because it's like, if you're the MLB, you have to recognize the situation, okay? Like you have you face all this backlash in the aftermath of of the punishments that you levied against the Astros because they were, it's universally agreed pretty much for the most part that like the Astros didn't receive enough punishment. So they are already facing all that backlash, and then we even harken back to Tatis. I saw a lot of these comments too after after that situation where people were making the comment like, Tatis has now apologized more than the Astros, which is ridiculous And when you really think about it in that that respect. But it's like, if you're the MLB, you're facing all this backlash already. You face all the backlash now after the Joe Kelly incident where you give him eight games for what he did, which we've already talked about that, and then now this. If you just let Bauer wear the cleats, he sends his message, people... You know, it takes over social media for, like, less than 24 hours probably. You know, it runs its normal social media cycle. And then the next day, Slate of Games come around, and it's just kind of shuffled out. And you don't have to worry about it again. Because it doesn't really impact anything. It doesn't really affect anything. It's not like, you know, it's going to change a a suspension or anything. But now, when you levy this, you're basically sending a message to to the players that you can't criticize us. You know, it, it it's this kind of, like, weird situation where it's like, yeah, you can put whatever you want on your cleats, you know. Let the kids have fun, you know. Let the kids play, you know. Style your cleats, wear the gold, wear, you know, Bryce Harper's Philly fanatic cleats that he wore last season, whatever. Like, do all that fun stuff. But the moment you, you talk bad about us, hey, now, that's that's no good. Like... It's just this old I, – I just imagine, like, Rob Manford, like that old get-off-my-lawn guy right now.
2: Yeah,
1: really, though. I mean uh, – Definitely. Oh, God on, John.
0: Definitely. Oh, I was just agreeing with him. We,
2: Sorry. We've done this too many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, I think the next move for Bauer needs to be get a tattoo that says Free Joe Kelly, because then you really – then you have to keep it. I mean, you can't tell someone to get rid of a tattoo like that.
0: Yeah, because they could just tell them to cover it up, but – yeah. I mean, if you get it in the right place, you really can't.
1: Yeah, and like when it comes to that, like, like you said, like this is all going to be blown over the very next day. So in reality, it really does not matter. MLB's got a lot more to be worrying about as opposed to one guy making some slight comment that might be taken in a negative way from an organizational standpoint. Like, just let it go. It doesn't matter. Although, I, on the topic of it, I do. I wish they had come out with the actual monetary value of how much an unprecedented fine would be. I'm actually super curious yeah. how much it would have been.
0: Like that's the wording of that just is what gets me the most. It's not that they were gonna find him; it's that it was gonna be unprecedented fines. And and I want to know the context of what they define as unprecedented. Like unprecedented for like a CLEDEN fraction or unprecedented for a fine in general. Like was he about to receive the biggest fine in MLB history for this for this stuff? Like really? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm hold on looking i'm looking up. up the largest fine dang it josh that's exactly what i'm
1: doing and <laughs> we both we both can
2: do it like it's a it's a
1: race all right let's see biggest fines well i mean are we are we i guess monetary fine because suspension's on here they have like lifetime fine which clearly is not true
2: yeah, you might be on the same article I am because I saw the White Sox and it says lifetime right. ban. And I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> that's not a fine. Uh, largest monetary value I see on this list so far is it was half a million dollars to John Henry, the owner of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he f- was forced to pay this huge fine because uh, because of statements he made back in 2009 about competitive balance. Ripping the league is never a good idea. So, if they are going to fine him more than half a million dollars for cleats, that would have been absurd.
0: That's insane. Hold on, I just I want to know what that is in regards to his contract now.
1: Yeah, I got one out here that said A-Rod had the biggest fine, but it was only because he was suspended for a full year. And it cost him a whopping $40 million. So, I don't think we can count that, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so apparently Bauer his average salary what he's set to get this year is 17.5 mil. So if he got more than half a million dollars out of that, like they're basically just taking a whole like chunk out of his entire contract.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying any. Now of course, he, monetary fine. He could probably he could probably get he could probably appeal it and get it cut down because John Rocker uh, on this article, he, he he talked bad about the league to in an article at Sports Illustrated. And he was fined $20,000 and suspended 28 games, but then he got it cut down to just $500 in 14 games. Which I still think it's insane that you're getting suspended for 14 games just for talking bad about the league.
0: Yeah. Like, he must have said some really messed up stuff to get Yeah, the article is
2: a little vague on that. It says, it says saying cruel and demeaning things about certain groups. So I don't know if that's groups within the Major League Baseball or he was saying some racist things. So I'm just going to keep that open-ended and I'm going to say I, I'm not on his side at the moment. I don't know what he said. so. Fair enough.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing... Yeah, he here, I, don't, I don't see any like monetary value, but it is funny because they have the most suspensions across the league, and the New York Yankees by far have the most suspended players. It's a whopping $28 million of money this year going towards suspended individuals. Oof. Not exactly sure who's getting that, but I'm Yeah, that's not shocked. It is funny, though, because CC Ce- so, Sabathia yeah. is on there for five games, and it's a total of $0 because he's not playing anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Exceptional. So, yeah, the um, again, another situation that became a big deal when it really shouldn't have, because the simple solution to this is just let the man wear the cleats, and then you have, you have to listen to it for, like, 24 hours. but And, I mean, we'd
2: probably be talking about it now just because it was funny, but, like we'd yeah. only be doing like five minutes on it. We wouldn't be talking about all of the stuff we're talking about right now.
0: And I wouldn't have laid it out as like our major ending point in this podcast either. It would have just been one of the throwaway things in the middle. Yeah. Or it could have been one of our shout outs at the end, but alas, here we are.
2: Yeah.
1: The real question is how much would you pay for a pair of those clean?
0: <sighs> signed or not?
1: Oh, Absolutely signed.
2: Signed. That's gonna go for a pretty penny there. Yeah. I'd I'd say it. it it's at least. I don't think it's gonna go six. I don't think it's gonna hit six digits. But I'd say at least like thirty thousand.
1: Oh, the best is if you can get a Trevor Bauer singer and then get Joe Kelly to sign it too.
2: Oh, that that oh, skyrockets dude. value right there.
1: <laughs> You're talking seven. I'm, I'm telling you.
0: Oh, dude, I'm telling you, if if bauer wanted to like do like a really cool like auction them off for charity thing and he signs one and kelly signs the other like i I guarantee you joe kelly would do that in a heartbeat
1: yeah then in one of the shoes they put a picture of joe kelly doing the pouting face and he signs that as well you're talking maybe eight nine picks
2: right there oh man (laughs) just billions of dollars that'd be a very very pretty penny for sure only Um, jeff bezos we could, could afford it.
0: But yes, so that, guys, is all we have on today's podcast. So before we get out of here, as always, let's do our parting shots. And uh, Josh has been going first a lot today. So, Bradley, what do you got for us?
1: Well, I referenced in the very beginning, I do have a, a younger brother who is now a listener of the podcast. And being a huge race fan, he's a happy man right now. Um, he has been consistently updating me on each game that they've won in the last like couple weeks. And it's been a lot. It's been a lot. I'll give you a couple – couple numbers here just to break it down. They've won 14 out of 17, which for the Tampa Bay Rays is ungodly. Um, They've taken 6 out of 7 against the Yankees, which that that was probably the more surprising stat, especially considering the fact they're, I think, like half a game up on the Yankees in the East. So a very, very big surprise. Uh, I know we expected the Rays to be good, but they've been on an absolute tear. Uh, The only loss they had was a 7-inning loss in New York. So, I mean, you know, all things considered, they easily could have won that as well. And then Blake Snell, I mean, he obviously as you know we know what he's capable of and what he's done in years past but um he started out this year you know not not really being let go too much they kind of kept him capped at around two to three innings each each start but uh since then he's consistently been around five or six innings so i mean just a bright bright sign for a team that's already hitting their stride uh you could easily see the rays you know go a couple even three or four games up on the uh, yankees in the next couple of days so a uh, team to wash for sure out of the East. It's been a uh, it's been a good ride so far. Uh
2: so my shout out is a two parter here. Uh they're both about Mike Trout. The first part is Mike Trout's rookie card sells for a record three point nine three million dollars at a baseball card. Dang auction. it,
0: Josh. You stole mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Find another one. Uh <laughs> which oh, is really crazy to worry. me. It's really crazy to me because that Honus Wagner card has been like the most overpriced piece of uh a paper that's ever been invented and like now we got a mike trout rookie card coming out of nowhere which by the way you guys need to look at mike trout in this rookie card he looks tiny he looks like a twig in this rookie card <laughs> oh, compared yeah, to what he's he looks like now yeah and then my second one is this came out today this came out at 6 19 p.m or whatever not to date this episode or anything But, um, Mike Trout said he has a fear of flying. He said if there's a hurricane in Houston, he might not fly with the team home. I do not like turbulence. You can ask any of my teammates. I already told Jay Up, Justin Upton, if that happens, we're driving six hours west and then flying. And I just thought that was great. That's
0: amazing. You know, I never would have pegged, like, a guy like Mike Trout, who's, like, a superstar athlete, one of the, like, biggest stars in, like, any sport, you know, and, like, he's just absolutely petrified of being in a plane
2: well he he has he has some merit here because he is an unofficial m- meteorologist so oh. you know he he understands the danger of hurricanes
1: i don't think it takes being as uncertain uh, what you just said unofficial meteorologist to understand that hurricanes can be deadly <laughs>
2: yeah i'm just saying he just understands more <laughs>
0: He's got a better understanding, Brad. Yeah, right. Yeah, I guess he's... It's above average. Clearer shot. I will say, I'm looking at this
1: card now, dude. He looks scrawny, man.
0: That's what I'm saying. Oh. I mean, like, that was a card, I think, what is this? The article I'm on, it says it was released, like, after he was drafted. You know, like, it was, a, it was a post-draft card. So, like, I guess, you know, a guy fresh out of high school, like, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're not going to be fully developed body-wise yet, but still. I'm just, every time I see
2: Mike Trout, you know, Mike Trout, who looks like a thumb, anytime I see him just like walking around with like being huge, this is all I'm going to think of now. He's just a little twig. Wyatt, there is hope for you.
0: (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I'm also not like one of the best athletes on the planet. So not with that attitude.
1: Dude, you say. You know what you
0: got me there, buddy.
1: You say someone looks like a thumb. I cannot get Adam Silver out of my head. That man identifies more <laughs> as a thumb than any other human
0: being on the world. No, Adam Silver looks like a vampire to me. Oh, he does. <laughs> yes. You you both make very val- He's a he's a thumb vampire. A thumb vampire.
1: Is that is yeah, that the new no, title it, for the show?
0: <laughs>
2: the thumb vampire. I was gonna go yeah. with Slam Diego, but these
0: are all pretty good options. Or The thumb Oh, the thumb I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so since Josh stole me shouting out the Mike Trout card, uh, my backup though, I was gonna uh go with this funny shout out as well. Um, the the teddy bears in uh Oakland's Coliseum, uh, they have in like the left field line. One of them took a foul ball to the head a few days ago, and uh, took it like a champ though. And it's just really funny um, to just see that ball just rocket right into this teddy bear, and his head just like snaps back, whips back forward, and he's just got the like teddy bear grin right on his face. He's just unfazed. It's great. The
2: the the Oakland A's Twitter after because they they said they tested him for a concussion. He, he said he's yeah. he's, he's right. They said he's okay. He's just a little stuffy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, the video they originally tweeted it was like. This video is unbearable yeah. to watch. Yeah. Oh, um, God. And then the next day, the next morning, they put um a little stuffed elephant beside him with who's wearing a, a bat a, an A's batting helmet um and it has like a, a like glove in his lap or whatever, and they were like, Don't worry, his new Satan, uh, seatmate's got him covered, and then they like put a like bandage on the teddy bear's head.
1: Dude, the announcer was great. <laughs> he was like, Man, he wore it. <laughs> he
0: wore that. <laughs> Oh, I gotta couldn't bear to watch. (laughs) Oh man, I gotta give him credit. He took it like a champ, though.
1: Oh, he didn't have a choice.
0: He bounced back.
2: He he doesn't have a choice. I mean,
1: I mean, dude, he—if any of those bears is gonna get hit, I mean that—that man, that man took it.
0: (laughs) Oh, and that was an absolute missile of a foul ball, too.
2: Oh, for sure. Oh, that's the most famous teddy bear in baseball history.
1: So what goes for more, Joe Kelly Cleats or the Oakland A's teddy bear?
2: I'd pay a lot for that bear. Uh, Absolutely. same.
0: (laughs) Hey, Josh, you want to split halvesies on the bear?
2: Only if it comes with the foul ball, actually, now that I think about it. I want the foul ball that comes with...
0: I think they did put the ball in the bear's lap. Like, it's, like, tucked under his arm or something. Oh,
2: that's good. Someone gave it to him after he got clocked
0: in the head. <laughs> Dude,
2: he deserves it after
1: that. <laughs> the fact that didn't fly through that stuffing and just break through the threading, I mean it that's a sturdy teddy bear.
0: <laughs> Imagine how horrifying I mean, a, that would be. He's a big boy see. teddy bear too. Like it's not like your little like stuffed animal you give to your three year old. Like that's that's a big bear. That's like a carnival-sized teddy bear.
2: If I was playing in this game and I saw if I hit a foul ball and a teddy bear just exploded because of it, I wouldn't be able to play for the rest of the game because I'd be on the ground laughing. I really wish each of the players would have taken a knee after. <laughs> to make sure he's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah just to move We had an injury on the field.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Get, like, a like a teddy bear company or, like, a National Bear Society to, like, come up with a statement saying we need to put more, uh, more netting
0: on the side of the field.
2: <laughs> I did see a lot of tweets like that. It's like, oh, my yeah, God, we need to no. put netting on the outfield.
0: <laughs> but, like, if you really, like, think about it on a serious note like that, though, it's, like, it's a good thing this happened to a teddy bear and not, like, a small child. Because if you really think about it in that aspect, like, there's no fans right now. But if there were fans, that very easily could have been a person
2: well here, here's the thing if it was actual like person I would hope someone around them would have been paying attention to, enough to like notice that the ball is about to careen into their skull true so
0: <laughs> like theoretically they would have been able to do like something to get out of the way or at least, like, like really that teddy bear needs to ball.
2: talk to his friend because his friend did not help him out there at all
1: Josh, it's a teddy
0: bear. Well, he didn't. Ha- he didn't have one.
2: <laughs> jo- Josh, it's it, it's a teddy it's bear. A te-
0: no, it's okay. He's 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 got the helmet wearing elephant beside him now. He's good. But dude, that, oh. that makes that makes two animals
1: this year getting absolutely clobbered. You had the dog in the Braves Mets game, I believe. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you got the teddy bear in the Oakland A's game. I mean, what is next, man?
0: Oh, it's just it's crazy. It's wild out here. <laughs> 2020 baseball, baby. Embrace the weird.
1: I just love those, like, Ew. those tweets of the shot of, like, left field from, like, a, point, a fielder's point of view where you just have, like, a bunch of people in masks and then a bunch of, like, stuffed animals and, you know, pe- pictures of people in the stands. And it's, like, imagine showing this to someone, like, a year ago and just <laughs> see what their reaction would be.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's weird, too. Like, you think – like. You know, years from now, we're looking back on, like, highlights from, like, this season and, like, when the World Series happens and, like, there's going to be, like, nobody in the stands and these highlights and there's going to be, like, people wearing masks and it's just going to be, like, such a weird contrast to everything we've ever seen ever before.
1: I told you, man, we need one fan per team in the World Series. That's all we need. Have me – get me a camera shot on one fan per team and that would be entertainment.
0: (laughs) And it's got to be, like, somebody's dad – Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just need, like, the most vocal father of one of the 26 players on each team uh, behind each dugout. Just like, why are you taking that pitch? It's right down the middle. Or or you just have Marlins man, and that's it. Actually, I support that. Marlins man, the only fan in every game.
1: <laughs> you can probably afford to buy each, each seat, honestly.
0: Yeah, as much as he spins on all the tickets he's been at, like, holy cow. But, yeah, so that is all we've got for y'all today. So, Bradley, Josh, thanks again for coming on the show. And to all of you listening, thanks for tuning in again for uh, another episode. We've made it to five, guys. So, uh, we're we're sitting good here. We've got... Another month or so left in this season, so the playoff pushers are really going to start coming into action. Uh, trade deadline is coming up in about a week as well, so that uh, ought to be heating up within the next week as well. So a lot we should be able to talk about next week, so another fun podcast coming. But until then, y'all enjoy some baseball, and we'll see you next week on another episode of the Triple Play podcast.
2: Now I'm hungry for five, guys.